Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Your co-host, J.C. Lovitz, is tied in joy of the Merrimack Master, the Puma. Welcome to the Podcast, Western 7. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, what a, what a time to be alive. The NFL never sleeps. Wild weekend. They're like, what, five or six walk-off field goals. And, you know, two of those were games that I had money on, and I was pissed. And then last night, you know, the Bills... Losing at home in heartbreaking fashion, and who called it? You did call it, and I called, called it. it. I took I took them on the money line. I took them on the spread. We went four and zero last night on Monday Night Football. If you followed me with hashtag GumaBets, we're actually a pretty good weekend. But we'll get to that later on the show. But how you Hi. doing, Jay? Dude, I'm doing great. I am doing absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, the weather here in Ohio is nice. It's not too cold just yet. The leaves are still. We're not. We're not past peak fall foliage yet, so we still have some leaves up. So it's it's cool, man. It's nice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're about a week out from Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday, which I love. I love uh, just kind of chilling out with the fam, watching football, making, making your my stuffing. making my stuffing. Yes, yes. So my nephew the other day was actually like, it's one of those things where it's like it just hit me. He he rolls up and he's like eight now, so he's had like two or three Thanksgivings with me where he remembers it, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you gonna make your 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 um your stuffing? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I will, kid. Yes, there you I go. will. The doing fact that right. you remember it, I'm doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Uncle Jay's stuffing is happening. Nice. How about you, man? Any fun plans for uh, for Thanksgiving? Yeah, work. Can't wait. It's going to be mm. great. Normally, normally I've been off, but now like with my new work schedule, I get to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'm going to miss like the Thanksgiving games and then the Black Friday games. I'm going to tr- probably try to work from home like hopefully on Thanksgiving and maybe set up like the TV in one of the rooms. up Yeah. Here and, yeah well, you should, you should be able to work from home on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Logic would, would say yeah. that. I'm pretty okay. sure. Shit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. At the, uh, at the risk of saying something to upset your employer, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Big news happened today. Puma last night, the Buffalo bills lost to the Denver Broncos. Uh, you know, I can't say we're all shocked because we saw some of this happening and some of this coming. Um, the Buffalo Bills have been some of a train wreck. It's been an up and down hill for these guys this year. Besides two games, they really haven't played that well. And then the Denver Broncos have played some good football the last three weeks, right? They beat the Chiefs. Now they beat the Bills. So they seem to be getting some, some momentum going. But, you know, the big news after the game, right, it was um, – you can sense something was off, right? Something was going to happen. And then this morning, the shoe drops, right? Um, they fired the offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. And now Joe Brady is going to be the offensive coordinator, who is the current quarterbacks coach. Um, so, you know, ultimately, this conversation starts out with just the reaction to Bills, you know, obviously firing the offensive coordinator. But it's going to quasi-involve Josh Allen as well on his level of play, right? So let me turn it over to you real quick and get uh, get your feel for, for what you saw today. I mean, like you said, Jay, I mean, no one's, no one's really surprised. I mean, at the end of the game last night, I mean, there's like Ken Dorsey was a problem, but he wasn't the problem, but something had to be done on that coaching staff to kind of send a message to the locker room. And it's kind of, you know, kind of messed up is like the team had like a players only meeting like earlier in the week. And then they did that performance and now like Ken Dorsey's out of a job. Um, But you know, this offense really had no identity and it's almost had no identity for almost a year and a half now. So, I mean, something had to change. Uh, there were a couple of times last night where I'm looking at the play calling and it's like, it's fourth and two. You have Josh Allen, who's, you know, built like a brick shit house, excuse my language, YouTube, uh, that could easily run for the first down and you have him lined out a shotgun every time. It's just like, 
some of the play calling, some of the designs were questionable. Um, you know, something had to change. I get it. I just don't see this really igniting anything, especially with their schedule coming up. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, at this point, Jay, like the Sean McDermott, we're kind of talking about this offline the last couple of weeks. And especially today, he's on the hot like, seat. He's on Sean the hot McDermott seat, put him, put his ass in the jackpot. Now, like the, mm-hmm. you know, for the longest time, it was always like, Oh, Leslie Frazier's defense. Well, they got rid of him. Then, the, you know, that excuse is gone. Now it's, oh, well, the offense isn't progressing and clearly took a step back from Brian Dayball. We need to do something. They fired Ken Dorsey. So, I mean, honestly, at this point, Sean McDermott is out of scapegoats. And Mm -hmm. if he doesn't have like a massive run to the playoffs, and honestly, Jay, anything short of like an AFC championship game appearance, he's going to be out of a job, in my opinion. Like, I think, I think maybe the voice isn't really resonating anymore in the locker room. You know, you kind of see that with some of like the player discipline out there and like, you know, easy stuff like somebody can't count to 11 to make sure that they don't have too many men on the field because they could have won that game in a game that they absolutely needed. And now mm-hmm. like this AFC that's already a log jam just became an even bigger uphill cl- uphill uh, climb for the Buffalo Bills here. So, you know, this move was made simply to save. Sean McDermott's ass for the time being, right? Um, fan base was irate last night. I didn't get a chance to listen to any Buffalo radio this morning, but I really wanted to. And I can only imagine just how, how bad it was, right? And, you know, the, the question needs to be asked here. Was this worthy of Ken Dorsey getting fired or was Josh Allen just playing really bad football, right? Because Josh Allen in the past has played really bad football, but in those situations, they can sometimes eke out a win. I feel like this is different. I feel like watching Josh on the last four or three weeks, he looks nervous. He looks like he's aiming the ball. He looks like he's so in his head. He's not playing free and loose. Because with Josh Allen, there's a fine line of playing free and loose and then being absolute, like an absolute train wreck, right? Just because that's his style of play. But I don't know if you got this feel, Puma, but watching Josh Allen, I mean, I'm not saying he looks as bad as Mac Jones is broken, but I'm just saying I get those vibes from him that he's not confident in what he's seeing. He's not confident where he wants to go with the ball. And I think that's kind of like leeching into some of his performances. Yeah, I can buy that. And I, I heard the stat today because uh, I was listening to the Bills own podcast, uh, One Bills Drive or whatever with, you know, the couple of guys spacing their names right now. But the point being is a lot of these interceptions that Josh Allen's had, it's always been for the most part in like this cover to look like for some reason he's having a mm-hmm. hard time to see this. And like, we saw that in the Bengals game and we saw that on the first interception last night, the second one, I believe that was like, you know, he threw it on a rope and it just bounced off the guy's hands. Like whatever, it's an interception of the books. Like if I'm going to bury Daniel Jones for a pick like that, yeah. I'm going to bury Josh Allen for that too. But yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, this offense, if you're using like the advanced metrics of like EPA and all the stuff and third down efficiency, like this offense, if you just looked at the numbers was not, like you know the Pittsburgh Steelers that's just absolutely inept and Josh Allen's at the helm like this this offense was the tops and third down efficiency and EPA and all that it's just Josh Allen was just making the most idiotic mistakes now whether it was just you know fumbling the handoff or throwing it into traffic constantly he looks nervous he looks nervous 
trying to be, you know, the poor man's version of, of Brett Favre. But, like, it's not even that, Jay, because he just – he looks lifeless on the sideline. Like, it's not like he keeps saying – like, he's showing emotion, like, you know, being – like, oh, man, like, I made a stupid mistake and I, I might have cost my team the game here. Like, I'm not seeing any emotion from this kid on the sideline. I haven't seen any emotion from this dude on the sideline almost all year with anything. He looks – it's kind of like the eternal – I'm dead inside face that Robert yeah. Sala has on the sideline. Like that is what Josh Allen has. And well, you, you sent a very interesting tweet today about his metamorphosis as a human being, right? Who he used to be to who he is now. And I'm not going to the details of it. Cause I'm not going to psychoanalyze this guy from, from my couch. But you know, I, I do feel as if this guy seems like something's missing inside. Like it seems like there's, there's not that joy maybe left for football that he had. Um, it seems like, you know, here, here's my biggest problem. My biggest problem is every single time he loses and he goes to the podium, he's acting like as if they just lost the Super Bowl and the season's over. Like his his post-game press conferences are depressing as hell. And you as a leader of your football team, I get it. You want to walk that fine line between the severity of the loss and also uplifting your team. But he's like completely on the other side of that. Like he's pretending like, it's over. And when you get that kind of vibe from your quarterback in a in a press conference, I don't think that that permeates well in the locker room either. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I'm not going to just completely rail on Josh Allen here. Like a lot of the things too, like Sean McDermott, I, I understand like James Cook fumbled a football, but the fact that you still rolled Latavius Murray out there for, I think it was like six drives when James Cook was clearly the better runner out there, but you picked the game that you had to have to prove that you're a hardo and that you need to hold on to the football. Like that offense looked light years better when they actually took James Cook out of the doghouse and they started running the football with him with little sprinkles of Latavius Murray in there to take the heat off of him and to give him a break. Like this offense was humming along. I was watching this and it was like, they came out of halftime. They started pounding the rock with James Cook and, and Latavius Murray. It's like, great. Well, they're just going to keep running the football down Denver's throw, and they're going to probably win by two points, and I'm going to be aggravated as all hell because Denver left so many points on the field. But they just kept finding different ways to lose the game. But to the bigger point, is Josh Allen elite? No. I'm saying this as the guy that's been driving the Josh Allen bandwagon since we've done this podcast. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I need to see something else. Like, I need to see – more like I need to we need to get back to the Josh Allen of 2020 and 2021 now I'm not saying he needs to run the football every time and try to truck people but I mean can we get a check down like when I honestly still think like this kind of unlocked Josh Allen a bit it wasn't just getting Stefan Diggs in that trade they also had Cole Beasley out there to be the safety valve underneath I can't even really remember the last time I saw an underneath route uh, that was thrown to any wide receiver. It just seems to be downfield shots with Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. Uh, like, can we get Khalil Shakir involved in the war a little bit underneath? Like maybe get James Cook lined out wide and have him be in the slot and change something up. But something has to change. Maybe Joe Brady will unlock it. But as of right now, like he's not even, a, he's not elite. He might not even be in the top five. And the messed up thing is, is like CJ Stroud has been in what, like 10 games right now. And he might, have a word with being ranked higher than Josh Allen right now. And that's even the, anyone even that pushes back on that is insane. Even the decision-making is, is like unreal. Like what CJ Stroud is doing and how quickly he's processing the game is, is somewhat short of miraculous. Like I, 
I did not expect this from somebody who's only played um, eight, nine games in the uh, in the NFL. But let's move this forward a little bit real quick. And, you know, ultimately, I think we both agree that Sean McDermott's kind of on his last legs if they don't win big. Um, I think you're starting to sense some of the frustration seeping out. I think you're starting to see him lose the locker room a little bit. And when I say lose the locker room, I don't mean like the team's quit on him. I just feel like his authority isn't being respected as it used to be, right? Um, you're seeing people like Stefan Diggs and I'm sorry, Trevon Diggs go out there and say some of the stuff that he's saying. And the second, when a brother's athlete say something, we assume it's come from Stefan Diggs only because it's also happened in the past as well, right? So all these things are going to percolate again. So, you know, let's move this forward. Let's say they do fire, you know, Sean McDermott. Who would you want to coach the Buffalo Bills? Someone with the op- embraces offense a little bit more. Now, whether or not, hey, Brian Dable, you want another bite at the apple at the head coach, but but we'll bring <laughs> you back to the friendly confines of Orchard Park. Yeah. I, I honestly don't see the Maras firing a head coach for the second time second year in their six-year contract i don't really see that happening but like could they throw the bag at was it ben johnson in detroit maybe like how about how about a one bill belichick no way <laughs> uh-uh. could you imagine the storylines and a drama if that happens oh i mean i would be here for it just yeah. to see what the new england fan base oh I that is that. like love it so much Belichick sycophants, but are like starting to come to reality land. Like, I would live to see that. That'd be I, funny, I, right? Oh, yeah, that'd be funny. Sign me up. Inject that into my veins. The storylines would be unreal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's move on to the game preview this week for the Jets and the Bills. We're already <laughs> in the topic, right? I mean, I do believe, I do believe that the the bills will win right but it's not it's going to be close like it's going to be it's going to be a close game I, I just can't fathom in my mind i can't come to grips with my mind that like the jets are going to beat the bills twice this year it's not going to happen i'm sorry like if it does like you might as well fire Sean McDermott that night so if you have you know we all saw how anemic the jets offense is Zach Wilson still is a starting quarterback i don't know why he's probably got pictures on Robert Sala somehow in compromising positions that's why he's a quarterback and you know, that's all I can think of. Uh, the defense for the Jets are playing well at the moment. Um, but I do think with the firing of, of Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady coming in, like obviously you don't get the same bump you do when you fire a head coach, but I do think you will get a bump. I think you will see a more focused offense. I think you will see a a crisper offense, in my opinion. And and they can't lose this game. Like if they lose this game, they might be outside looking in. They might be done with the playoffs. They're already so. outside looking in. They're the 10th yeah, seed. But, but I mean, like this is like, hey, they're getting down there to the bottom of it kind of thing. They already are. All people, I mean, I, this Buffalo Bills team was still like, granted, you were the one driving that bandwagon this season of that, that window is closed. And like, mm-hmm. I'm coming around like being the second guy, you know, hey, tag me in if you need to take a nap on this road trip to Stupidville with the Buffalo Bills. But like, there are, they're the 10th seed. The yeah. Houston Texans have a better chance of making yeah. the playoffs right now, and they are clearly punching above their weight class, but that team was playing hard as hell, playing their asses off for D'Amico Ryans, and I say that every week, and you have this lifeless like corpse at the quarterback position right now in Josh Allen, and then this offense that has just been herky-jerky, and the defense has been doing their job. I mean, Jay, I want to take Buffalo. I want to take Buffalo to win here, especially okay. with how Don't bad – with how do bad it. the Jets have been, 
with, you know, not, I think it's like 36 drives now that they haven't scored a touchdown. But the problem is, is this defense for as bad of a team that the New York Jets have been, this is a championship caliber defense. And Josh Allen is just giving the ball away to people for no reason. Like, like Zach Wilson could go 12 of 16 for 135 yards, zero touchdowns, maybe an interception, and the Jets might win 17 to 10 because Josh Allen might throw a pick six and then they might get a fumble recovery and then they'll just kick field goals all the way to, to, to bleed this game out. And then the, the, the last drive of the game, Josh Allen might throw the interception to seal the loss. Like I'm going to take the bills here as like to win straight up. But from a gambling perspective, I want nothing to do with this game. I might look at team totals. The under, I think is 39. That's probably not low enough in this game. So maybe take the under, but like from a betting perspective, unless it's props, I'm staying the hell away from this game. But what I, if we come on here on Tuesday and we see the Buffalo Bills loot have a loss in their the the the, the L column here, I wouldn't be shocked one bit because this team is just absolutely the walking dead. I would be, man. I'm sorry. Like you saw Zach Wilson the other night, bro. You saw it. Come on, man. Like I did. I Zach did. Wilson. And they should have won. They should have won that game again. And I'm saying this as a guy that had Raiders plus two. I'm yeah. saying this as that guy. The the Jets should have won that game like 27 to 10. Aiden O'Connell wasn't doing but, anything. But they, they had didn't. three touchdowns come off the board for nonsensical penalties. Like, could that happen? Because it's the Jets being the Jets on a 425 game on Sunday that's probably going to be on CBS? Sure, absolutely. But I have absolutely no confidence in this Buffalo Bills team at all. We kept saying they have to bounce back here. They got to do this. They want to have a chance in the playoffs. They have to start winning these games out. And they laid an absolute egg against the Denver Broncos team that was trying to give that game away too. Yeah, and I think what's working against uh, the Bills now is they lost a tiebreaker to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is going to be one of those teams vying for the last playoff spot because the AFC North is such a brutal division. So it's not looking good right now for the, for the Buffalo Bills. And, I mean, the only way I can see this fixing itself is if Joe Brady is, like, the next, like, Kyle Shanahan or the next Ben Johnson. You feel me? That's the only way I can see this being fixed because I don't think it's going to change. Like, what's going to happen? In, in one week, you get rid of Ken Dorsey, you bring in Joe Brady as your offensive coordinator. What, you're going to have a new offense? Like, no, of course not. All you're going to do is you're going to essentially change up the flow of the offense. And I don't know if that's enough to get him over the hurdle of how bad Josh Allen is playing right now. The only thing I could see is, like, again – Maybe they run they run plays less out of shotgun and they give the defenses, you know, maybe something to think about. Like they're gonna have to make a decision to commit to things. Yeah. But then, like you signed Leonard Fournette like two or three weeks ago. Like, if you're not gonna use him against the Jets and just try to be a bruiser in between the tackles to maybe give you know James Cook some life, you know, out in space, then I, I don't know what the whole point of signing Leonard Fournette was because I honestly thought he was gonna be activated last night. And they kept rolling out there with, you know, Latavius Murray. So I, I I don't know what they're doing, but like if they should run, they should be able to run the football against this Jets team. I mean, look at what Josh Jacobs did on like 25 carries. I think he was short like of the 100 yard mark, but he was able to pound the rock and bleed the clock and they were able to eke out a win. Like it doesn't have to be pretty. Just win the football game at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on this before we move on? I would honestly not even like a bit. <laughs> I would not be shocked if the Bills lost. Oof. 
Wow, that's that's. A tough I might I might do like the Stephen Stephen A. Smith like Joker laugh after Cowboys games, like yeah. if that happens because that would that would be such Billsonian right there of you lost to the Jets. At this point, it would be twice, not just once. That's twice. I don't think you understand the implication of what you're saying, Puma. I don't think you understand how bad Zach Wilson is. Like Zach Wilson, might oh, I know. Be I've the seen the last like five games of Zach Wilson. Bro, he can't complete a pass more than twenty yards down the field. Like I just, I just cannot see him going into Buffalo and bring these Bills. And uh, Josh Allen's allergic to winning right now. All right, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it right now. You know, you Guaranteed know win. You know the stat, Guaranteed you know what, win. Bills win. You know what stat blows my mind is I think yeah. I, I heard this earlier today is Josh Allen his career against the New York Jets. He has like seven touchdowns and nineteen interceptions Jeez. or nineteen turnovers in general. Like it is not a, a bridge too far to say that this team could lose on Sunday. I think it's a bridge too far. All bets really are do. off. I don't I really care. Do. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Would not be the, shocked. The more I, I hope about I'm this, wrong. The more I think about it, there's no way in hell Zach Wilson goes into Buffalo and beats these Bills. No, absolutely well, then, not. Well, then the Bills would have to drop like 40 on them to like exercise some demons here. And I don't think they can get the. <laughs> I mean, honestly, scoring 17 might win the game. Yeah. So 40 is going to be like running the score up. Hopefully they I, do that. All right, let's move on to the first and the best uh, Thursday night football game of the year. The Cincinnati Bengals are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Um, interesting for both teams uh, coming off of losses in kind of interesting fashion. The Ravens were up by 31 to, I believe, 9 or 31 to 17 in the fourth quarter of the Browns. And the Browns came back and won in the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they lost in a shootout to the Houston Texans. Who got to win this game, bro? Dude, don't get me started on these teams. Get you started. I had Baltimore Baltimore minus six and Cincinnati minus six and a half last week. (laughs) So you picked Oh man, I was so mad. (laughs) But no, in this game, thank God there's actually like a good football game this Thursday. I don't know what we did to deserve this, and maybe Al Michaels will show some signs of life in that booth with Kirk. Maybe he'll care. Maybe he'll actually care. I actually feel bad for Herb Street sometimes because like you're clearly with a guy that just is getting a paycheck at this point. Like the college game day is a long way away from here right now. Mm-hmm. But to answer to answer people's questions here, I'm going to take I'm going to take Baltimore. What? I don't feel that confident in it. It's if I'm going to bet this game, I probably would take a look at the under, which is contrary to popular belief because unders have been the play in primetime games. But the reason being is. Like T Higgins might be out of you know missing this game with uh, I think he had a, he had a hamstring injury that popped up late last week in practice that's why he missed uh, the last game against Houston. Uh, but Cincinnati's defense, I mean, the, like Hubbard, I think is going to be missing. Uh, Trey uh, Trey Hendrickson, that's a big loss in that defensive line. Like with the hyperextended knee, I don't think he's going to play this Thursday. Uh, a woozy in the secondary is out with the knee. Uh, Hubbard might be out, like I said, with an ankle injury. Uh, the secondary for Baltimore is not in any better shape, but I think, you know, if the guys are covered downfield for Lamar Jackson, he'll have better opportunities to scramble and move the chains and, and do Lamar like things. Now that's nothing against, you know, Joe Burrow. I mean, he's going to have Chase, uh, Jamar chase out there, you know, hopefully we'll get a side of like the tight ends and maybe picking up some extra weight. Maybe Tyler Boyd can actually catch the football when it hits him square in the hands in the end zone this time. But I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean with Baltimore here at home. 
you know, the, the injury bug seems to be hitting Cincinnati a little bit harder. Um, I really was thinking about taking Baltimore minus three and a half, even with the hook. I was kind of hoping maybe it would get down to three at some point. And then the opposite happened and the line moved to four. So I'm not betting aside, but I might look at the over. But yeah. I'm taking Baltimore to win at home. I'm going to take Cincinnati win, um, mostly because Cincinnati, this is it for them. Like, if they don't win this game, I, I think they are outside of the playoffs looking in. Uh, just because of how stacked the division is and how tough the AFC is. This is, I know it's a little early to say this, but this might be the last stand for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the other part of this is, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I got no faith in these Ravens. I got no faith in Lamar Jackson. I got no faith in Lamar Jackson's passing ability. You saw it again against the Cleveland Browns in the fourth quarter when the rubber met the road and he had to throw to win the game. He simply can't. Lamar Jackson is one of those guys that, dude, when things are rolling, when you're playing ahead and the running game is going good, dude, he looks like he's better than Patrick Mahomes just because of his running ability. But when he is behind and he's got to throw the football to to get them to win, oh, bro, it's a completely different animal. He looks, he looks half of the quarterback he is. And when you have that big of a, a difference in your game, then when the games do get tough, especially in the playoffs, and you've got to essentially, there will come a moment, whether it's eighth championship game, Super Bowl, big divisional game, you're going to have to throw the football to win. And I'm sorry, he's not going to be able to come through in those situations. And I, and I feel that to my gut more and more with each passing day. I know what the numbers say. I trust me, I do. People always throw the stats at me like, oh, here's the numbers. Here's his passing, blah, 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 blah. Look with your eyes. Seriously, look with your eyes. Look at him when he when he really stole the football. It's it's hollow stats, in my opinion. It's part of the issue. I, it's part of the reason why I have issue with Micah Parsons because, yes, he has all these great stats, but it's never meaningful, like, a meaningful sack it's always against the jets against the giants all these trash teams he kind of like feasts on and and i think it's the same exact thing with lamar jackson man i'm sorry i just i just don't see it i really don't man it's all right it's all right we're gonna see an offensive explosion on a thursday night primetime game for like the first time in oh i don't know like two months three months it'll, it'll be fun to see. One. it'd yeah. actually be a fun game mm-hmm. and like i said like for Herb Street's sake, I'm I'm hopeful that maybe you know Al Michaels won't just be the corpse out there that makes the random like betting joke of oh that touchdown mattered to somebody. <laughs> nice. That last time I laughed that hard, Al. You know I was five years old. That's great. That's great. <laughs> All right, final game that we're going to discuss on Monday Night Football. Another great game. Um, Super Bowl rematch. The Philadelphia Eagles are traveling out to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. And I'm toying with the idea of not watching this game because I am so over the Chiefs. I am Jay, so Jay, damn over Jay, the Chiefs. This isn't just a Super Bowl rematch. This is There's something more important to this game. Stop it. And that is, Stop will it. Taylor Swift be at this game? I saw, I saw online someone tried to map out whether or not, like, you know, she's on the world tour and I think she's going to be down in like, or I think she was down in Buenos Aires. I think she's going to be down, down in Argentina. It's uh, somewhere else, some other location out there, maybe Sao Paulo, Brazil. I can't remember, but they were doing the math where they're like, if she leaves the stage right away on Sunday and flies to Kansas city, her next tour date is until later on in the week. So she could totally make it to the football game. Like, come on, Jay. You don't want to see Taylor Swift up there with Brittany no. Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes and, no. and Mama Kelsey with, like, the two different jerseys? You don't want to see that? Come on. I mean, I, for me, man, it's not even, like, Taylor Swift. Like, I was telling you guys in the chat the other night, I, 
I was using Taylor Swift as a crutch, Puma. Like I had to really talk to myself and be like, Jay, why, why are you so angry about the about this whole situation? And it really wasn't Taylor Swift, Puma. Deep down the whole time, it was it was Patrick Mahomes. Like I just I just can't take him, dude. I cannot stand the man. Like everything about him, it, it's his is his hair, it's his voice, it's it's how he talks, it's how he walks, it's his waddle. Like he doesn't even run, he waddles. Like I don't understand how people don't people don't catch his ass. Like. His fucking big caboose is wilding out there. Like, bro, stop him. Stop him. Do something. Oh, my God. Now you know how everybody felt about certain fan bases. Felt but, about but, but, like, Tom Brady, was Tom Brady, was Tom Brady this detestable? Was Tom Brady with, like... To some fan players? bases, yes, he was, Jay. I don't, I don't know, dude. I think this Patrick Mahomes thing is, like, a different animal, man. Something about no, him. Just... No, no, I, I had front know. row seats to this for 20-plus for mm. years, Jay. 20 plus years of Brady, and then depending on what fan bases you were in, I'm, I'm sure people hated Peyton Manning more than Tom Brady. There's people out there. There's but people Puma, out there, I guarantee it. But Puma, like, like we won six Super Bowls. Like, that's something tremendous. Like, what irks me is, like, how Patrick Williams has won two, and I'm saying that's a great feat. That's awesome, bro. Like, great. Congratulations. We're putting him ahead of, like, Joe Montana. We're putting him ahead of John Elway. Like, let him get a few more before we start doing that thing. Like the way that they've anointed this kid so quickly is what bothers me. And you know, and I know for a fact, for the first eight, nine years of Tom Brady's career, nobody anointed shit. They're like, oh man, it's all Belichick system. Like he's just he's just a game manager, right? And he had to constantly break through these barriers. I think with this kid, everything is just handed on a silver platter. Two Super Bowls in, and you're better well, than Joe at, Montana. Look at society today. Not to sound like the guy that yells at the cloud, but it's all it's all predicated on the talent and the no look passes. And yeah, he waddles for the first down because defenses don't know what to do with him. But that is, that is the microcosm of society, bro. We're a microwave society. That's why people put Justin Herbert up there as a, an elite quarterback. They put no, Mahomes but, up but, there. No, not, it's just Lamar. And it's all, it's all the talent. It's all fair, Puma. Because, they, because they've, they've walked it back with, with Justin Herbert. They have a, a lot of us. Have that tide's finally turned. But, that but it's turned. Turn. It's turned with this thing. I don't think it's ever going to turn, no matter what, man. Like no, this thing is because like... of talent. It's all. It's all for the social media, bro. Like if if Tom Brady started out like now or like within the last five years, and even if he wasn't doing like the no look passes, but was just doing like the whole "I'm going to will my team to win" thing. Like what drives you nuts about Sports Center? Like you know, fondling Mahomes is what they would absolutely do for Tom Brady right now. It's just what we're in for society right now. That's all they care about is the instant clicks. That's why people, you know, I'm stealing this bit from Emory Hunt where they called Justin Herbert like the iceberg lettuce of quarterbacking. Like there's no, there's no, there's nothing to it. It's just, okay, he looks great throwing the football in highlights, but he hasn't done anything of substance to warrant this massive contract. Well, we do have a game to discuss. <laughs> yeah, the game, not my pick. The The Eagles are a three-point road dog here, and I'm going to buck the trend. I'm not going to take Andy Reid coming off a bye. I'm going to take that guy. That's just Let's go. It's so aggravating to look at this dude on the sideline, but at the end of the day, I have more faith in this Eagles team winning on the road than I do have with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And we've seen it the last couple of weeks. We saw it against the Denver Broncos where – you know, 
Mahomes was doing like Josh Allen light things with turnovering the foot, you know, turn the football over and hey, don't look now. But uh, Patrick Mahomes is top five in the NFL right now in interceptions. And this defense for the Philadelphia Eagles, they're able to generate pressure with just the four guys. They really don't need to bring any added pressure to make, you know, Mahomes uncomfortable and then maybe squeak out the back door and move for the first down. And there's so many questions at this position, uh, the skill position uh, for the, the Kansas City Chiefs of if you take Travis Kelsey out of the game, like who's going to beat you? Because Sky Moore has been absolutely useless. Uh, Kadarius Tony nowhere to be found. Like Rishi Rice, okay. Marquez Valdez-Gatlin, eh, maybe he catches a football. Maybe he doesn't, but he's probably the most reliable guy outside of Jarek McKinnon and Tyree Kill on the skill position front. So give me the Eagles. They're coming off of a bye week. Maybe that was just what the doctor ordered for Jalen Hurts' knee, and he can actually be the dynamics, you know, quarterback that he is and move the chains and make plays with his legs. And I don't know, maybe A.J. Brown will go for like 200 receiving yards because he's been that much of a beast this year. And, yeah, there's no Dallas Goddard for the Dallas, uh, for the, the Philadelphia Eagles, rather, because he broke his forearm, I'm pretty sure. But I think that's going to open up more targets for Devonta Smith. And <clears throat> I think the over-under this game is 46. This is probably another instance where I wouldn't be shocked if this game went over. Uh, it's probably going to be close, but I think it might be an over game. But take the I'm going to take the Eagles. I haven't locked it in as a best bet yet, but if I was to bet this game, I would take the Eagles plus the points because I think they could win out right on the road. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that. I mean, uh, ultimately, I would love it if the Eagles won this game. All right, final segment of the day, the Puma bets, sir. What you got this week? Well, the Puma bets. I, Jay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not yes. the biggest fan of the slate this week. Like, Ooh. I feel like the sides and the totals are, are pretty sharp, pretty accurate, and that's normally what happens this far in the year. However, I will tease my Twitter handle at Brando underscore Puma and then hashtag Famous. Puma bets because Famous. throughout the week, I might put more plays out there. And definitely when the prop markets open up, I live in Connecticut, so I only have access to FanDuel and DraftKings. But if you live in other states where you have multiple sports books that you can shop the lines around, I don't know when, like, let's say BetMGM opens up their player prop market. This might be a heavy player prop week, team total week for me. But right now, the best bets that I have for the NFL and college. Uh, Ready for, for, the your NFL, music? for the NFL, I have... <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> I have the Jacksonville Jaguars minus six and a half against the Tennessee Titans. And I know people are going to say, Brandon, the Jaguars just got their teeth kicked in by the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, that's right. And then the Tennessee Titans lost to kind of the hapless Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Will Levis kind of came back down to earth after that Will Levis game at home. Mm -hmm. So it's another road game. It's Duval County. The, Duval. the Tennessee the Tennessee Titans defense is giving up almost seven yards per pass attempt. Uh, I think this is a perfect bounce back spot for Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk and and uh, and Calvin Ridley and hell even Evan Ingram. I think this passing game is going to get on track and they're going to exercise some demons. Anything under a touchdown for me is a go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I haven't looked at their team total yet. I might take a look at that. Uh, and then for college, the only play that I have for college is Georgia team total 
over 35 and a half. They're on the road in Tennessee, a little rocky top. But the Georgia Bulldogs, they secured their spot in the SEC championship game against uh, Alabama. I think that's coming up within the next week or two. Uh, probably actually three weeks, right? Because they have like two more weeks to, to go through the schedule here. Um, either way, Tennessee, they lost on the road against Mizzou. Uh, they gave up 37 points to Mizzou in Columbia, Missouri. And that's kind of a, a step down in the competition compared to Georgia in this offense. You know, Car Carson Beck has looked great. Uh, Brock Bowers is back. And that running game for Georgia has been fantastic. And they lit up my old Miss defense that's been fraudulent. And that's why I had Georgia team total as a best bet against Old Miss last week. Cause I have no problem betting against my team if it means I can make some money here. So no I think absolutely no I think shame. we can get to 36 points with the Georgia Bulldogs here. I like it. I like it, Puma. Um, I've got nothing else, bro. You want to plug it up and get out of here? Yeah, let's get the hell out of Dodge. So this it. abbreviated episode of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast from. You can watch it on demand on YouTube. Be sure to follow us on YouTube at Pro Football Radio Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that little bell so you get notifications of when we're about to go live in your feed. Also, you know, streaming on Twitch as well, too, and Twitter as well, too. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. The Twitter machine. I'm on Twitter, Brandon underscore Puma, the podcast at PFR uh, podcast. Jay Chima's at Jay. It's probably going to get only wilder from here via con Dios. See you guys next week. Peace out.